today healing scriptures from the New Testament. And of course, I've thought about learning problems especially. This is very powerful for you. These are scriptures about healing, but the word itself has power. God sends his word out and it does not come back void. So my question to you is, whose story are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord or some concocted story that somebody has made up to assuage their difficulties? Hmm. Last episode, I talked about miraculous healing, and I read some scripture. I was trying to do this more or less in Bible order, so that's the Old Testament, if you will. And today, I'll read some more scripture from the New Testament. And as I say, I think it's important to take a spiritual viewpoint to open oneself to the great love, the great truth that created all that is and receive healing. It's the good news that God wants to heal us. God is a good God. And I don't see any contrariness between believing faith, you know, and practical wisdom. On the contrary, I think they go together. There is an order in this creation and there's better practices. So if you're believing for healing, read scripture, exercise your faith, but also eat properly, you know, do the right things. And same thing, if you are believing for your child, also have faith to find the right solution, rather than the opposite would be resignation, saying, oh, well, woe is me, this negative prophecy will have to come true, I'm going to resign myself to it. We're not going to teach this child well. We're just going to assume he's a dustbin child and go on. No, 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 no. That's the opposite. That's that's the evil way. <laughs> it's to speak negative prophecies and to treat people badly. No, in the Christian way, we, or the Judeo-Christian way, we believe that people are made in the image of God. Therefore, they have intrinsic worth as such. And so, It is of value to walk in ways that are godly and promote the optimal well-being. So we will believe in healing and we will believe for wisdom to have better, more innovative educational processes and wisdom so as not to poison ourselves (laughs) and get sick in the first place. Okay. So we'll build, we will be reading some scripture here in a minute. I do want to take this opportunity to tell you about my Celebrate the Victory product. Listen, 
I've been talking now for 15 and a half years on podcasts, giving you free encouragement and interviews, good ideas. So we had learning disabilities in our family. We have more victory to tell about than most people do. And I was tasked with sharing this. Now I have a lot of other tasks. And it, it just isn't true in today's world that people will shell out money because they hear something on the radio or on a podcast. Okay. And I have chosen to go ahead and give this to you for free. It's a faith ministry. But in that way, you don't get the help that you could get. So you can go and spend, I don't know, $100 an hour uh, at a various certified credentials and none of them are going to have a whole enchilada. They're going to sell you what they sell you. And, you know, you might go to an OT therapist and she gives your child red candy that wangs him out. And she may not have faith. Or you may spend a lot of grief and time hoping the public school would give you free testing and free remediation. And the testing is substandard, and you don't get any remediation. The best you can get is accommodation, and you've wasted your life. And they have spoken negative prophecies over your child over and over, and you end up with the child on a horrible track. So let's don't do any of that, <laughs> because that's what happens. That's the only alternative I know. I did meet someone once at a homeschool convention who said, that they had a ministry for children with special needs. But what it was was all negative. It was all, they're there. Let's huddle in a corner and comfort ourselves. Well, parents might need comforting if their ch children have serious physical disabilities. Okay, that's not what we're doing. We are addressing learning disabilities with faith to overcome so that our children will have great success because that's what we are promised. That's what we want. That's certainly what I wanted as a mother. And I certainly have some victory. Still praying for more. So I'm telling you this in all confidence in God and not a bunch of pride for myself. But look, I was a single mom. I had to struggle against the school system that was at that time. And I tell you, it was bad. I know it's worse now. And my daughter and I were discussing this. Every parent thinks that their child is the only one with a problem. And I discovered back in the 80s that at least 30% of the school population had learning disabilities by the definition that was given then. And so given the definition, it covered up those situations that didn't have higher IQ. So probably half or 60% of the population had some problems learning. But by the definition and the legal definition of learning disabilities, 30%. And I thought my daughter was the only one. Uh, no. My daughter was saying today the schools will talk to you about your child in a way that makes you feel guilty of your child having difficulty, but you have no idea unless you know the other parents in in the neighborhood, in the 
community, depending on the size of your community, what's going on. And it's often a great relief that you know that your your child isn't the only one with problems, but also often in if you do know the other parents, you start talking about what's going on in the school. Or if you know the other parents at, at Ronald McDonald House, you find out what's going on on the nursing floor. And you go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not necessarily the only broken ones. We're not the broken ones. Okay, so then you are able to address problems at a different level. And of course, many of us are finding out that it's trying to improve schools up to sanity is is an intractable an intractable problem. Okay, so power to those who are doing that if they can. All right, there's a great group of us who thinks, oh no, we are not doing that. We need to create a whole new system. We need to homeschool our children. I'm telling you what, it was a huge relief. Okay. But my calling is this. And I made this product for you. It's for 12 months, the whole enchilada, a protocol in a reasonable fashion. So it's trying to fit everybody, knowing that everybody's different. But try this first, try this, this, this. So you want to improve non-poisoning first, good nutrition second before you get on to testing and you know innovative reading practices or something address whatever the testing shows so celebrate the victory product is addressed to mothers whose children are having learning problems of quote unquote learning disabilities it's a protocol 12 month protocol to go through everything and improve the situation. You may find that you don't need professional help after you do this. You may pinpoint, on the other hand, you, it may be possible to pinpoint exactly what you need so you don't waste your money. But I think a lot of people, their problems will vanish if they use my protocol. And you'll want to use it for a year and you'll probably want to go over it and over it and over it again for many years until your child has no more problems and is successful in their academics and in their vocation, their calling, okay? So just go to the website, overcominglearningproblems.org or greatshalom.org, go to the shop tab, and it's the first product as I put out this episode, it's still on sale. So go there, make yourself, you know, use that. Use that, you need to get it it's going to save you. It's going to save the life of your child, the success of your child, and uh, save you potentially $86,000 <laughs> if you go to the only other program that I know of that's anything like. Okay, and I'm not saying that's bad, but $86,000 is a lot, and I think a lot of people wouldn't have that kind of money. So it's really useful. Please get it. Please get it for your children. Okay, very inexpensive. Okay, all right, so we are going to Scripture today. Okay, I ended up last time reading Isaiah 53, which is the great healing chapter of the whole Bible, and I have some episodes on it. I think I have a product on it. You want to get it if you really want to delve into it, and you will see it clearly teaches that Jesus bought our healing along with our forgiveness of sins. 
read the Hebrew. You, you, can't, you can't come to another conclusion, okay? And Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, quotes it. And when evening had come, they brought to him, to Jesus, Yeshua, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill in order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, quote, He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. So, as I mentioned before, the he himself is, is a emphasis. Yes, so Jesus healed all who were ill. He fulfilled the prophecy about him, that God himself was going to take away our infirmities and carry away our diseases. And Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Of course, that's Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, in the chronological story of Jesus, healing comes up very quickly. Mark the first chapter. All right, Jesus is just beginning his ministry and verse Mark 1 verse 29 and immediately after they had come out of the synagogue they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John and Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with the fever and immediately they spoke to to him to Jesus Yeshua about her and he came to her and raised her up taking her by the hand and the fever left her and she began to wait on them Okay, and when evening had come after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Okay, and then early in the morning he went out to pray. All right, so the ministry of Jesus pretty much starts with healing. And we've got so many healing scriptures, I'm not going to be able to read them all. But there's a, a whole progression in Luke. Let's go to Luke. We've just done Matthew, Mark. Let's do Luke 4 and 18. So we've got three witnesses here that agree, and John will agree too. So Jesus announces his ministry by standing up in the synagogue Luke 4 and 18 he came to Nazareth and when he Jesus had been brought where he'd been brought up and as was his custom he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me so this is the words of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he, Jesus, closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him and began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So he's announcing that he is the Messiah. And he's announcing that this is what the Messiah does. 
that he heals, he proclaims liberty and sight to the blind. And that's true figuratively, but it's also true literally, and that's exactly what he did. Same chapter, Luke 4, skipping down to verse 40. And while the sun was setting, all who had any sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on every one of them, he was healing them. And the demons were coming out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Son of God. And rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak, because they knew him to be the Christ. Let's go to Luke 6 and 17. We could just keep going in Luke 6 and 17. Jesus is out walking with the disciples. And there was a great multitude of his disciples and a great throng of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. And all the multitude were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them. And then he turns and preaches. So this is the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. But the point is here, there was healing, widespread healing, and preaching. Let's go to Luke 8, and I want to get to 48, but let's tell you the story. So Jesus has been asked by a ruler of a synagogue to come and heal his daughter, and on the way they get waylaid by a woman who has issue of blood, and so Luke 8, let's start with 43, and the woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him, behind Jesus, and touched the frim up fringe of his cloak in other words the tsetse of his prayer shawl and immediately her hemorrhage was stopped and Jesus said who is the one who touched me and while they were all denying it Peter said master the multitudes are crowding and pressing upon you but Jesus said someone did touch me for I was aware that power had gone out of me and when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Or your faith has saved you or healed you. Okay? So, we've got that same kind of words in other places. Let's go to Luke 17, 19. Let's start verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. And it came about that when Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, that he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten leprous men who stood at a distance. Then they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And it came about as they were going, they were cleansed. So you understand, leprosy was such a horrible disease that 
the rule was they couldn't come close to people. And the rule also was that when you're healed, you were supposed to go and let the priests inspect you and certify that you were healed. That's part of the Mosaic law. And so Jesus sent them off and they went in faith because, you know, they could have said, oh, that's ridiculous. He'll just, the priest will just abuse us because we're not healed. But no, so they did what Jesus said and as they were going they were cleansed they were healed of the leprosy it was considered an unclean thing verse 15 and now one of them when he saw that he had been healed turned back glorifying God with a loud voice and he fell on his face at his feet at Jesus feet giving thanks to him and this one was a Samaritan and so a Samaritan means that he was from this particular region of of what we call Israel. It's actually the West Bank. We call it today. And they worshipped at their own temple, at their own mountain, and not at Jerusalem. So they were, their religion wasn't quite right. So they weren't treated the same. Verse 18, verse 17. Okay, he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, and Jesus answered and said, were not 10 cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Were none found who turned back to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Jesus said, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus said, Your faith has made you well. Okay, this is the second time that we hear this in Luke alone. People like to make fun of faith healing. Okay, but this is where it comes from. All right, so... Since we're in Luke, let's go back to Luke 9. 9 in verse 1. And Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases and has sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. So, have you heard any preaching on the kingdom of God? Have you seen people who were gifted with healing? So we see the same thing in Matthew 10. So let's skip over to Mark 16, starting in verse 16. And Jesus is talking, the resurrected Jesus is talking. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues, and they will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Doesn't say we should drink poisonous things. Okay, so let's let John have a say here. Let's go to John 6 and 2. And a great multitude was following him Jesus because they were seeing the signs which he performed on those who were sick okay people in those days believed Jesus was the son of God because the signs he gave now we have many people healed today and there are people who still don't believe I was talking with a young man just randomly I had mentioned something on his shirt and we were talking and he said, yeah, if people were healed today, wh why wouldn't it be on the television? I said, 
Well, it is on television. It's on television three times a day with Benny Hinn's program only. <laughs> so I don't know when this was, oh, 09, 10. Anyway, it is on television. It's not on the nightly news. There's a lot of things <laughs> that are true that are not on the nightly news. And people you know have gotten healed. And people say, uh-huh, well, that's good. We'll call it spontaneous remission. Occasionally, doctors say, I have no explanation. <laughs> spontaneous remission means you got healed and we don't have any idea. But anyway, <laughs> now they're just, there'll be people who don't admit it. People in church who concoct stories <laughs> as well. But blessed are those who see and believe. Okay, and there are scriptures about people who are gifted with healings. People who have, we see people who have ministries of healings, but we just read that believers are supposed to be able to lay hands on and see. Okay, and then we have a direct commandment. James 5 and 14. Is any uh, one among you sick? The King James says if, but New American Standard says, is anyone among you sick? Question mark. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So we are expected to pray for one another. Sometimes when you are so sick, it's hard to pray for yourself. I understand. But the elders of the church are tasked then with helping you. As a band of believers together, we help one another in our shortcomings. This is what this means. So we have good warrant over and over. And there are many other scriptures that I haven't had time to read for you. But over and over, Jesus healed. The disciples healed. We've got disciples, uh, apostles healing in Acts. And not just the apostles, but others healing, getting healed, widespread healing. And we're told directly as the church leaders from no less than James that we should call the elders if we're sick, okay? It's witnessed too widely in Scripture. So take this as a promise. We even see heals of the nations, healing of the nations in the last chapter of the Bible. So it's a great promise. Further, more widespread healing in the future, but for now, this is the inheritance. This is what we were entrusted with. Okay, so believe it. Take faith. Take faith for the answers. Okay, amen. So here's the promise of God for you and for your child. And just like the Syrophoenician woman was able to grab Jesus and, and Jesus said, well, I'm, I'm sent to Israel. She said, no, even the little puppies get the crumbs of the table. So have faith. Reach out to Jesus. Reach out for the hem of his garment. The woman with the issue of blood, the hemorrhage, wasn't supposed to be out. But she, she understood the Bible prophecies and she grabbed Jesus. 
Titsi and you know the fringe on his prayer shawl and was healed and he called her daughter and said by your faith you have been healed okay so pick up faith and seek the Lord you may have to push away through the crowd to get to Jesus you may have to reach out for the fringe but your faith will be rewarded Jesus likes faith and he's put out with unbelief <laughs> go and read the scriptures yourself go and read the scriptures yourself because preachers don't talk about everything that's in there right Jesus was put out when the disciples didn't believe him okay so go have a great time may this year be the best ever for you the challenges that you faith that you face meet with faith for you and for your offspring and may you be blessed for this is the inheritance that all your offspring shall be taught of the Lord and therefore great will be their shalom their total well-being shalom, their total well-being Thank you for joining us for the Great Shalom Broadcast with your host, Sharon Sarles. Sharon is an author, educator, minister, parent, and grandparent committed to sharing the understanding of God's love and desire that all children experience optimal well-being in this generation and the generations to come.